or whether to also look to the right, just in case. My ill-fated snap decision that morning in 1985 ended up being a very close call. It all came down to whether a single calcium atom would enter a particular synaptic junction in my prefrontal cortex, causing a particular neuron to fire an electrical signal that would trigger a whole cascade of activity by other neurons in my brain, which collectively encoded, don't bother. So if that calcium atom started in two slightly different places at once, then half a second later my pupils would have been pointing in two opposite directions at once. Two seconds later my bike would have been in two different places at once, and before long I'd have been dead and alive at once. The world's leading quantum physicists argue passionately about whether this really happens, effectively splitting our world into parallel universes with different histories or whether the so-called Schrodinger equation, the supreme law of quantum motion, needs to be somehow amended. So did I really die? I just barely made it in this particular universe. But did I die in another equally real universe where this book never got written? If I'm both dead and alive, then can we somehow amend our notion of what reality is so that it all makes sense? If you feel that what I've just put forth sounds absurd and that physics has muddied the waters, it gets even worse if we consider how I personally perceived this. If I'm in these two different places in two parallel universes, then one version of me will survive. If you apply the same argument to all other ways I can die in the future, it seems there will always be at least one parallel universe where I never die. Since my consciousness exists only where I'm alive, does that mean that I'll subjectively feel immortal? If so, will you, too, find yourself subjectively immortal, eventually the oldest person on Earth? We'll answer these questions in Chapter 8. Are you surprised that physics has uncovered our reality to be much stranger than we'd imagined? Well, it's actually not surprising if we take Darwinian evolution seriously— Evolution endowed us with intuition only for those aspects of physics that had survival value for our distant ancestors, such as the parabolic orbits of flying rocks, explaining our penchant for baseball. A cavewoman thinking too hard about what matter is ultimately made of might fail to notice the tiger sneaking up behind her and get cleaned right out of the gene pool. Darwin's theory thus makes the testable prediction that whenever we use technology to glimpse reality beyond the human scale, our evolved intuition should break down. We've repeatedly tested this prediction, and the results overwhelmingly support Darwin. At high speeds, Einstein realized that time slows down, and curmudgeons on the Swedish Nobel Committee found this so weird that they refused to give him the Nobel Prize for his relativity theory. At low temperatures, liquid helium can flow upward. At high temperatures, colliding particles change identity. To me, an electron colliding with a positron and turning into a Z boson feels about as intuitive as two colliding cars turning into a cruise ship. On microscopic scales, particles schizophrenically appear in two places at once, leading to the quantum conundrums mentioned earlier. On astronomically large scales... Surprise, weirdness strikes again. If you intuitively understand all aspects of black holes, 
I think you're in a minority of one and should immediately put down this book and publish your findings before someone scoops you on the Nobel Prize for quantum gravity. Zoom out to still larger scales and more weirdness awaits, with a reality vastly grander than everything we can see with our best telescopes. As we'll explore in Chapter 5, the leading theory for what happened early on is called cosmological inflation, and it suggests that space isn't merely really, really big, but actually infinite, containing infinitely many exact copies of you, and even more near copies living out every possible variant of your life in two different types of parallel universes. If this theory proves to be true, it means that even if there's something wrong with the quantum physics argument I gave earlier for a copy of me never making it to school, there will be infinitely many other matches.